the basis of Virtual Assistant's podcast, your go-to destination for all things virtual assistant. I'm your host, Cole, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you join us today. Just four short years ago, I took the leap into the world of virtual assistants, and let me tell you, I have never looked back. Now it's my turn to help you take the same exciting path. As we explore this world together, I'll be sharing my experiences, insight, and all the valuable lessons I've learned along the way. So get ready to explore the world of virtual assistants, uncover its limitless potential, and let me guide you on your path to becoming a successful virtual assistant. The transformation into a skilled virtual assistant starts right here, right now. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Basics for Virtual Assistants. I cannot believe this podcast is live and out there to the world. This podcast is an absolute dream come true for me. I actually never thought it would become a real thing. Like, I just... You know, I didn't think that I'd get out there and I'd get it done and I'd really commit to it. And I'm so proud of myself for committing to it. It's something I've really wanted to do for a long time. And so super wrapped to be here again. Anyway, today we're diving into a very crucial topic. How to reach out to potential clients. Connecting with them the right way is essential because it sets the tone for your working relationship. When I first started my journey as a virtual assistant, I found the task of connecting with clients so daunting. There was such a lack of guidance on how to reach out to potential clients effectively, you know, the best way to really connect with them. There wasn't really a lot of information. I scoured blog posts, I combed through Facebook groups, but I couldn't find the answer I needed. However, over the last four years, I've learned the best way to approach new clients. But before we get into that, here's one thing you should never do as a virtual assistant, and I mean never. And that is reach out by direct message, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. After talking to numerous business owners, it's clear that it comes across as unprofessional, especially if you've never interacted with them on that platform before. Now, no judgment here. I did this way more than I would like to admit. And do you know how many clients I got? None. So what should you do instead? Write an email. I know it sounds so basic, but emails are the best way to one, grab your client's attention, two, convey professionalism, and three, ensure that you provide all the necessary information effectively. But it's not as simple as crafting an email and hitting send. You need to follow a specific approach, and I'm going to walk you through that in this episode. Your email must be unique for each client. Avoid the copy and paste method where you just drop the client's name in and have the exact same message. Potential clients can see through that and may just delete your message before even reading it. While each email will be slightly different, here are some essential elements to include in every single email. First and foremost, use the client's name. I cannot be clearer about this. Use the client's name. Find it, whether it means scrolling back through to the 2019 introduction post, reading their about me page, stalking their business Facebook page and finding their admin and working out who it is who runs the business. I don't care how you do it, find their name. Starting with a personal touch rather than a generic hey there or hello shows you've put in the effort and taken the time to learn about them. It is super important. You want them to feel like you care about them right from the start. Now, the next thing is understanding your potential client's business. This is crucial. To gain valuable insights, I highly recommend following them on social media platforms. I'm going to share a story about my very first client and how Instagram actually helped me to land my job with her. My first client was grappling with a significant challenge of too many emails 
that she could not manage them on top of running her business at the same time. And I watch her Instagram stories daily. She was already someone that I followed. And every single day I watch her stories and every day or every other day, she was like, oh my gosh, and I'm so behind on customer emails. But like, I promise I'll get back to you within the next 24 hours. And she said this again and again and again and again. And it was so easy for me to see. This was a pain point for her in her business. And I was able to identify that pain point. And when I reached out to her, I not only expressed my genuine interest in her business, but I also highlighted my ability to provide a solution to her email management problem. That initial email actually led to me working with her for nearly three years before um, her business grew and she went in a different direction and we no longer continued to work together. But it's really amazing that just from me watching her Instagram stories every day, I was able to work with her in her business for three years. Now that I've mentioned pain points, let's get into my next section. You need to consider your potential client's pain points. What challenges they might be facing? Do they need help with their social media presence? Do they talk about specific tools or platforms they use? If you're knowledgeable about these tools, then mention it in the email. Additionally, take a look at their website and mention any experience with platforms like Shopify, Wix, or GoDaddy. I actually, before reaching out to any potential client, always go and look where their website is hosted or where their um, business is hosted. Because I have a lot of experience with both WordPress and Shopify. And so if they host their website on WordPress or Shopify, I always add that in um, as just like a nice little touch in the email. It's really important to include a couple of their pain points and then how you can solve those pain points. It can be as simple as one of their pain points might be that they have they have no Pinterest presence. And so you can say to them, I've noticed you don't have a Pinterest account. Here's some stats about how Pinterest can help your business long-term. And I'm happy to help you with that. Here's what I can do. Or here's some um, examples of work that I've done for other clients, which you can either add into the email or you can add into your portfolio, which we'll talk about in another episode. After you've done the how you can help them pay points, it's really important to introduce your you want to share a bit about who you are. For an instance, I always say, I'm Paul, a mom of two and a wife. I've been working as a virtual assistant for five years and I'm passionate about Pinterest and I'm a customer service expert. It's simple, but paints a picture of who I am as a real person. You want to stand out from the crowd and showcase your personality. So not only do I put in there what I can do as in like what my skills are, but I also put in a little bit about myself. Um, obviously it's pretty basic. And if you don't have kids or around a wife or whatever, you could put in something like, I love hiking or going to the beach, anything about you that is a bit different or like anything about you in general. Before closing your email, you need to make it clear how you can help them and address their pain points honestly. Now I cannot be more serious about being honest when speaking to potential clients. Avoid making unrealistic promises. All too often, we get ahead of ourselves and make commitments we are sure we can keep. I've done it too. But we want to avoid this wherever possible because we don't want to ruin the opportunity to continue working with the client. I have made the mistake of over committing to getting a task done in a certain timeline or in a certain way that I didn't have the experience to do. And it has really nearly hit me on the backside more times than I can count. 
it is just lucky that I have been able to, I have either had a great connection with the client and been able to be like, I am so sorry, I've overestimated this, or I've been able to, by the skin of my teeth, get it done in time. It can cost you big time. Word of mouth is huge in business. So if you do wrong by a client, you could very easily end up with several other businesses who won't even consider working with you just from what another business has said or just from speaking to your previous clients. And oftentimes, even if you don't put the client as a referral or as a reference in your um, portfolio, businesses talk and if they know that you've worked with someone, they will often reach out to them and ask their opinion. And I know this for a fact, either I have had many um, of my clients say that someone's reached out to them when I've reached out to this person to work with them. So it's super important that we try and keep our relationships with, with clients, even if we stop working with them. We want to do that in the most positive way that we can. And that starts right from the very beginning. Try not to overcommit. Try not to say that you can do something that you can't be honest and say, I'm learning to, or I'd be willing to learn to. Um, you know, it's really important to be super honest. And I feel like in the beginning, it can be really easy to try and bend the truth a little to ensure that you get a client, um, but it will never work in your favor. So when you sign off your email, you should express your anticipation from hearing them. Something along the lines of, I can't wait to hear from you. I look forward to hearing from you. You know, simple, but put it in their court that you, you do want to hear back from them. Sign off warm regards or whatever. Like you want to kind of give them that prompt to follow up with you on this email. I'd also recommend putting a footer in your emails, specifically with your photo. It's a really great way to humanize yourself, you know, make yourself a human to them. I also, side note, when it comes to photos, it is really fantastic to add a photo onto your account. So if you're using Gmail or whatever, go in and add your photo into your account so that every time they get an email from you, they see your face. I just think it's nice. It's a nice personal touch and it really helps them to remember you are a person. For me personally, but I know for lots of people, seeing someone's face can really help me get a better them. I know that sounds so silly. There's like studies and stuff on it. Like it's a real thing. Uh, back to what I was talking about. So now that you know what to include in your email, how do you go about structuring it? This is how I personally structure my emails um, and it has always worked really well for me. Begin with a brief introduction about yourself, followed with a middle section ex that explains how you can help them based on your research of their business. And finally, have a clear sign off. I actually created a template of the exact email I use every single time I reach out to customers for you to use as a base for your own emails. You can grab a copy from the link below or from my Instagram bio. I also included a video of me like walking over the template and lighted section so you can really see exactly where I put information. Grab a copy if you want it. A personalized email that speaks directly to your potential clients might not guarantee Every client you reach out to will work with you, but it will certainly go a long way in getting them to consider you. Additionally, remember to attach your portfolio because portfolios are a great way to showcase your work, to showcase your ex expertise. Kind of think of it as like a resume that you would send out to people but way, 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 way less formal. If you're unsure about what a portfolio is or where to start, don't worry. Um, I'm going to cover that in another episode really soon. In the meantime, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, join our Facebook group, The Basics for Virtual Assistants. I'll include both of the links in the description. I am creating a community for virtual assistants where we can come together and chat and, and talk about 
virtual assistant businesses because I just don't hear it talked about enough and they really want an amazing supportive community for virtual assistants so I would love if you would come and join us over there that concludes today's episode if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes I would love for you to leave me a review this helps other virtual assistants to find the podcast too I cannot wait for you to join me again next week we are talking about how to set boundaries as new virtual assistants, which is a tricky one. It's a tricky one and I cannot wait to share my tips with you guys. So I would love to see you then.